0: Is this mic turned on?
1: Wax poetic.
0: Who amongst us carries the sage secrets of loving? Just say no to family them.
1: Wax poetic.
0: I'm a man-made body of water lapping on an old indie track at a casino. I don't make promises. Nerds
1: have better sex.
2: I want to
0: ride. I want to ride an asteroid,
1: you're listening to Wax Poetic on co op radio CFRO 100.5 FM, broadcasting live from the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil Waututh nations.
0: In the distance, still Ophidian freight trains wail, grinding their way along long tracks paved with the skulls of dead magi.
2: I leave this room with the words I engraved in you. Dreams come true. <laughs>
1: Good afternoon, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm R.C. Weslowski.
0: And I'm
2: Lucia Mish.
1: And we're happy to have in studio Keisha Cook. Hi, Keisha.
2: Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
1: all the way from Saskatoon? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. So we'll get you to start things off uh, uh, with a poem, and then we can explain and figure out what you're doing here.
2: All right, cool. I'll just go on and share a little poem here. Okay. So this one is for my sisters. Why are our sisters constantly trying to bring down one another? You are my blood. Even though we have no memory of our great family tree that connects us, one thing is for sure. God put us both on this earth. Birth from one mother, therefore, you are my sister. Passed on from many generations, our ancestors are smiling, human to human, heart to heart. We are no different, so can we start? To uplift one another instead of breaking each other down. In the circle of life, we will continue the birthing of all the beautiful children. We both share the power in our souls that burn fire. Iskoteo, women, that is what they call us. But you are my sister, sister in spirit.
0: Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) What a wonderful way to start things off. Thank you. Um, What made you want to start with that one?
2: Um, I don't know. I just wanted to acknowledge and empower all the women out there, Um, especially Indigenous women. There's a big movement right now, you know, uh, called MMIW for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women in Canada. And um, I think women should come together. You know, we're all powerful in our own way, and I think just uplifting each other and um, encouraging each other. We can be a a powerful source and make a lot of change in our communities. So Mm -hmm, yeah, that's why I like that one.
1: Do you find that there's much divisiveness where you come from, or?
2: Um, uh, I'd say in the indigenous community, it's yes and no. Um, For the people that are kind of active and kind of really know what's going on, there's a a good community of people trying to work together and bring people together. Um, But then there are people that, you know, are kind of in their own little world and, mm-hmm. you know, are still kind of divided a little bit. But I'd say when it comes to cultures, there's a little bit of division, but um, people are working on it and, yeah, it's getting better. Cool. Yeah.
1: Um, that's a lot of what, you I was reading your bio and that's some of what you do, right? You're working with uh, Indigenous yes. women in Saskatoon and on the street and helping yes. them out. Is that right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I work in a women's shelter suit too, too, so I guess that's a, an appropriate poem to start with too, um, to encourage all the women that I work with. And yeah, it's a it's an it's an amazing uh, place to work, and um, you just really get to to see all the different walks of life, and you know, and what brings people to shelters and why they're there, and it's it's a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: How did you find your way into that work?
2: Um, I uh, actually have my social work degree, um, so. I think starting at the shelter was starting at the ground level and just really getting to um, hear people's stories and understand where I fit into all of this and how I can help.
0: Hmm, right on. Yeah. And what brought you to poetry? How long have you been writing and how I've been you writing
2: poetry, sorry, um, since I was young, since I was a youth. And um, I guess when I first started, I didn't really acknowledge that I was writing poetry. <laughs> I was like, oh, these are just words and <laughs> they're just falling out of me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then I started to, like, um, acknowledge and encourage myself that, yeah, I guess I am a poet and I'd like to get out there and meet my community, so... Um, I just put it out there when I moved to Saskatoon that I wanted to find this community, and I came across Indigenous Poet Society, and they really welcomed me with open arms, and here I am. That's fantastic. Right. Yeah.
1: I think a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that they're poets, mm-hmm. and probably for good reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being associated with a poet, oh, poets. Yeah. And
2: we think we know it all, That's you right. know? No. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> yeah.
1: What about the Indigenous Poets Society? Talk about that.
2: Uh, the Indigenous Poets Society is a, a small network of Indigenous poets in Saskatoon. Um, Kevin Wessequate and Janelle, I'm going to say her last name wrong, Paywap Skinness are the founders. Um, I'm actually new to the group, mm-hmm. so I'm still trying to you know, learning a bit about it, but basically we're just open to anybody that wants to join. There's no way you got to sign up, it's just, hey, I want to be a part of this group, and uh, we do slam poetry nights once a month, uh, open to the community, and anybody can can slam there, and we also do open mics. Um, yeah, and we collaborate, collaborate a lot with the Saskatoon Poet Society, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so that's a little bit about it.
1: <laughs> and how did you get to that, Come uh, be involved with them?
2: Um, basically, I just started going to the shows, going to the open mics. Um, Kevin Wessequoit, uh said he really liked my work and wanted me to keep coming, and so I did and um, got a lot of good feedback, and he was like, hey, we should join our group, and I was like, sure. <laughs> and just like that. <laughs> nice. <Right laughs> yeah.
1: I like how sometimes things just fall exactly. fall into place. Yeah. And there you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was pretty
2: perfect for me. It's what I was looking for. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: So you're shifting your papers, so I think that means you might be ready for another poem. Yeah, this is
2: another short poem, and the reason I love poetry is because um, you can literally write about anything, and it can come to you whenever. So this short poem that I wrote uh, came to me when I was driving to work one day. Okay. So this is is, is it. (laughs) It's called Trauma is in the Driver's Seat. Mm. Everyone is feeding off their trauma. Trauma is in the driver's seat. I take a look around and see chickens running with no heads and chains on feet. Everyone is rushing, everyone is pushing. No one has time to stop and think while their trauma continues to feed. We are a corrupted society, bleeding for attention but not seeking a connection. Trauma makes us thirsty, but we would rather eat from the poisonous apple that is fed to us consistently. How do we wake from this bad dream? Trauma is winning, earth is still spinning, but we are the headless chickens. While trauma is in the driver's Seat and drives us off this edge uncontrollably.
0: Mm. Okay, so that's a little <laughs> short one. <laughs> yeah, man. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of wisdom packed in there. There. Oh,
2: thanks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I I spend a lot of time thinking about the yeah sort of the way that trauma drives our our behavior and our mm-hmm. society and I love hearing about. Your different work, your creative work, and your work in the shelter, and mm-hmm. it makes me think about the way that, uh, you know, feeling, yeah, feeling alone, and feeling mm-hmm. uh, like we need to be in competition to survive, mm-hmm. and to like live with all the various traumas that we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is one of the ways that that we're kept from banding together, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. hearing each other's stories, mm-hmm. and and sharing poetry, and yeah, like mm-hmm. these little moments that can come in the car, these little images mm-hmm. and realizations, mm-hmm. is a is a radical act against that mm-hmm. too. Exactly. And I, I always wonder, especially for folks who who um, who work in fields like social work and are also uh, obviously sensitive and creative people, mm-hmm. what are your what are your strategies for? Um, <laughs> for finding hope and your own well-being and taking care of yourself in the face of this this understanding of how uh, much trauma so many of us carry.
2: Mm -hmm. For sure it can definitely be a scary thought as a as a young I guess person that was in the social work field um, coming across so many people and their different traumas and especially um, having your own. Uh, The first thing I guess when I started my 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 path in this work and, and my degree—it um, was a really great program, the Indigenous Social Work, because the way we started was um, within ourselves. Um, instead of looking out and at the theories and um, and all that stuff, we had to look in, and so that why that that's why that program is so successful because <clears throat> our um, supervisor really wanted us to know ourselves and to be, um, I guess stable enough <laughs> uh, to, to work with people that, that that deal with trauma because it's everywhere and uh, not everybody knows their traumas and so it's important that we get to know ours and I think it's been a, a lifelong journey I guess um, I have I am a sensitive person and also <laughs> creative but because of that I am very uh, sensitive to other people's emotions and the things that they go, go through so basically what has helped ground me quite honestly, is um, my land, mm-hmm. my family, and ceremony, mm-hmm. and um, I started to pick up ceremony when I was uh, young, very young, and I actually have a poem about it, Oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> we can go into that next. That would be wonderful, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious,
1: when you say ceremony then, can you explain mm-hmm. what that is for people who wouldn't So, know?
2: I am a Cree. Uh, from Grand Rapids, uh, Manitoba, and where we come from we practice uh, a few different ceremonies and um, I guess one of the, the strongest ceremonies that has helped ground me is called the, the sweat, the sweat lodge. Um, I don't know the, the word in my language but um, it's a very healing, very grounding, there's music, um, there's the different medicines that we use, uh, the grandfather rocks and the sweat and it's just a very overall powerful ceremony that um i'm very thankful to have in my life
1: hmm. right mm-hmm. on. and then how often would you um be involved in that ceremony
2: Basically, whenever it's happening and I'm kind of around oh, okay. <laughs> um, in my hometown, so it's about a seven-hour drive where mm-hmm. I live, but uh, there's all kinds of ceremonial people that are uh, in the Saskatoon area, and also, if I'm not at home and I don't have access to those things, um, smudging has been my, my way of grounding myself and protecting myself, especially working in the social work field. It's, um, it's my medicine, and mm-hmm. it's my shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'd
0: love to hear the poem about Ceremony. All
2: right, perfect. So this one I actually wrote recently, and um, I guess a lot of my poems can be seen as dark, (laughs) you know, poets. (laughs) We express a lot of different emotions, but um, I've been trying to lean more towards positive things in my life and what it means to be Indigenous to me. So this one is very important to me and very special, and you'll see why. (laughs) I remember my first spiritual connection. I think I was five and it was summertime. My cousins and I were at this really cool place. There were cabins, horses, and a fenced-in pen filled with puppies. I remember my mom being there and my auntie. We played outside and explored the area. I remember playing in the bushes and suddenly something happened. One of the black horses escaped from the stable. I remember my auntie calling us to come back. We were not very experienced when it came to Timak. We were really sure we weren't really sure what to do at the time. So we so we all started crying fearing for our lives. We were little kids and just did not fully understand the situation. But the spiritual experience was not fully that part. I remember my mother taking myself and my brothers into one of the cabins where an old lady was sitting. Parts are a bl- bit blurry, but I remember her sitting each one of us one at a time on a chair in the center of her room and I think it was smoky most likely the smudge or sage that she was burning. And I remember her rattling something around me, praying and singing, and suddenly she told me, you have a name and this all happened for a reason. The black horse escaping was no coincidence. Black horse dancing is what they will call you. I was a little confused and my mother explained to me, this is your real name and it is a sacred and has meaning. I remember feeling very proud and very thankful. I remember the old woman was kind and I was so grateful. This experience gave me a connection to my spiritual identity. It connects me to my ancestors and my true being. I'd say I am blessed to have this experience. My culture gives me strengths and grounds me completely. This was the first start of my sacred journey.
0: Thank you. That's a new one. Yeah. Does it have a title?
2: It's called uh, Spirit Name. Spirit Name. Ah, that's lovely. Yeah, I love that
0: moment in it. With this happens for a reason, and you Mm -hmm. have a name. Is that the line? Yeah. Oh, I just got like chills. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) in that moment. That I
2: guess you know it's like in um, First Nations culture. You know, we believe that everything happens for a reason. Every little thing. So the horse breaking out of the stable. It was more of like a like a sign, I guess, and that... That was my spirit presenting itself to me, so Mm. it's pretty amazing. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's interesting how at the beginning, it's something that if it's your spirit breaking free to come to you, Mm -hmm. uh, that it can be a terrifying experience Mm -hmm. at the beginning because you're not sure what this is. And then when you kind of, with the old woman being able Mm -hmm. to help you realize that uh, this is what they have to offer Mm -hmm. rather than something to be terrified, Mm -hmm. is it a way of Mm -hmm. integration for you?
2: Yeah, and um, I think... I think that happens a lot. Well, I can't say this for sure, but um, that's why I think our elders are so are so um, special and so sacred because of their wisdom and their knowledge. And I, I find that a lot of our young Indigenous people, you know, if they're feeling lost and um, they're not really sure where they are on their path of life, if you can if you can find the right elder, which you most likely will, because everything happens for a reason, mm. and um, you're exactly where you're meant to be. Um, I find that elders just, they just know. They have this way of knowing and putting the pieces together. And like this old woman saying, you know, this happened for a reason. Mm -hmm. This is your spirit name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so I I come across that a lot. And when I do feel lost, I I reach out to our elders and our Mm -hmm. our ceremonial people. And I'm very thankful for that.
1: Have you always been receptive to receiving that information?
2: Yes, very much. Um, Because this... um, it's the start of my sacred journey, right? Um, I think being an Indigenous person in Canada, identity was huge to me, um, especially because I grew up in the city away from most mm. of my family. I didn't really know where I fitted in, in, this, in the bigger community. And um, coming to know my culture, I've always, I always wanted to learn. I always wanted to learn more, know more, because um, in my heart, mm-hmm. that's who I truly felt and knew who i was and so it's still a continuing journey and uh, it's beautiful
1: Mm -hmm. sweet Mm -hmm. um so i'm asking all the questions (laughs)
2: because
1: i'm just this just just popped in my head because i know that um a lot of indigenous cultures are oral cultures Mm -hmm. and i'm how does that help if it has uh in getting involved with poetry slams and doing spoken word
2: Hmm, that's a good question Oral. Well, or
1: if it happens, yeah. It I right. guess that's I so. guess
2: it's 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 a natural way of learning for me, mm. and that's that's actually how I I'm good at learning. Um, when I hear it from somebody in person, um, I'm a very visual learner, and I think all Indig- like a lot of indigenous people are are visual learners, hands-on learners because of the oral teachings, you know. And um, I think I've come to understand that as I got older. I always had a hard time learning from books mm-hmm. and things like that, but. When I see it and I hear it in person, it's, um, it's more understanding for me, understandable, and uh, I think that's why poetry is so powerful because there's a lot of different meanings in, in poetry and it can come across in so many different ways, but you'll always take something from, from a poem, mm-hmm. you know, something that'll stick out to you. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking forward to share my work with. Uh, the next few days um just you know if my poetry reaches out to somebody and they really connect with it that's all that matters
0: right on tell us more about about what you're doing in the next few days
2: yeah so i am part of the canadian individual poetry slam i am one of the storm poets um this is my first time being in a poetry competition also my first time in vancouver Mm. so um I'm really excited, (laughs) a little nervous, but um, mostly I'm just excited for the experience. Tonight I will be um, part of, I'll be at the Café de Soleil, and um, yeah, I'll be performing there with a couple other storm poets.
1: Cool. And you're also performing tomorrow night, right?
2: Tomorrow night I will be with Mashed Poetics. Forgive me, but I can't remember the location at the Wise Hall. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're going to be uh, collaborating with some Australian bands. They're going to be performing uh, the Shania Twain album, and in between, the poets will be uh, sharing a poem right on. about and the album. Yeah. And I can't remember
1: what song you got. I got
2: the um, That Don't Impress Me Much. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. a good one. Yeah, I'm actually happy I got that one, because like... Everybody knows that song, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh yeah, I got this." <laughs>
1: and how did I was, was it was working with music? Have you done that kind of? Uh, no, I I, I
2: I never did anything like that. So that's why I wanted to try it out. Um, and I was actually kind of worried. I was like, "Oh, like what if what if I don't come out with anything mm. or have anything to say?" But uh, no, Mike, I got a little something. Good.
1: <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's tomorrow night at the uh, at the Wise Hall on Adonac Street, Street Adenak and Victoria. And it's a double bill with uh, a bunch, a group of Australian poets, words, travels, and, uh, and then yeah, MASH Poetics after that. The doors are at 7, the show is at 8 o'clock, and you can uh, it's pay what you can or 15 bucks at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, how about uh, another poem from you?
2: Pumped? Sure, yeah. This one is very close to me as well, and this one is called Hosanna for My Dad. Hmm. As I walk down the hallway one sunny morning, I can hear the strings strum a beautiful rhythm. And as I turn the corner, I see my dad, standing in his pajamas with guitar in hand. He had one foot on his case and his rosary around his neck. As I look up, all I see is is his smile, and I smile back. He starts to play and sing. The words come out so naturally. Hosanna. Hosanna, and I just sit and listen and admire his presence, appreciating the energy that he brings. He fills up the entire room with just his voice. This is one of my best memories I will always carry. He loved to sing, and I know he continues to sing every day for Jesus, because now he is singing Hosanna in spirit.
0: Hmm, thank you. Yeah. I. Uh, can you tell us about the word Hosanna and what it means?
2: Um. Actually, you know what, I had to look it up <laughs> when I was writing this poem. Um, yeah, my dad, he uh, was Christian, and so I wasn't raised in the same home with him. But uh, whenever he got the chance, he would he would try to talk to me, you know, about his Christian Christianity and his beliefs. But uh, growing up with my mom, we grew up more traditional. So okay. I think Hosanna was like a... a, a Forgive me if I'm wrong. It was a place of peace and, and beauty. Is that? Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I asked because I, I was yeah. like, "Oh, I've, I've heard the um, word 'memories.'" I just—it just that it really stood out to me because that memory was so vivid mm-hmm. of him. Mm. And he would just—he has a really powerful voice. My dad was a singer and a, and a writer, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, just so that's why I named it Hosanna because of that song, and I just remember him singing it so beautifully. Hmm. Yeah. Do you play music or sing yourself? No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that image though of your mm-hmm. that guy in his uh, pajamas, guitar, <laughs> foot up on the case, and rah, belting out whatever they yeah, have to that, say. That
2: was my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so cool. Did yeah. your
1: dad pass away?
2: Yes, he yeah. passed away last year. Hmm. Yeah, so. sorry about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he was an amazing man, he pressed on a lot of gifts to uh. He actually has ten children. Oh wow. <laughs> So <laughs> I am number three of the on the tier. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you said he was uh, a singer, mm-hmm. um, or did that artistic sensibility get? Passed down through the family, yes. through the family. That
2: you know of. Um, yeah, all my siblings are—we're all pretty gifted in our own way. Um, my my younger sister, my youngest sister Rachel. She and my dad worked together a lot on music. She has a beautiful voice, mm. and um, he really encouraged her to follow that that path in that career. You know, uh, and then my brother, a, a couple of my brothers play guitar. Um, my brother Kyle, my oldest brother, is really good at guitar. And um, I don't know if any any other of us can really sing or anything. So.
1: <laughs> but that didn't, that didn't stick with you, right?
2: Uh, no, the, yeah. the, the music. Yeah. But the yeah. writing. The writing. the writing, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah.
1: it came natural. Cool. Yeah. Um, we'll hear one more poem from you, but okay. I have to do a little uh, pitch. For sure. Uh, because it is the middle of the spring member drive here at Co-op Radio. And uh, basically what that means is it's our time uh, in the spring to ask you to help support the station and its broadcasting and the content that we've got here. It's all independent media, uh, independent shows, and uh, such as Waxpo here where we get uh, the pleasure of having guests from across uh, around the world actually and uh, today from Saskatoon Treaty 6 territory we've got Keisha Cook Mm -hmm. and uh, if you're enjoying this type of programming um, we encourage you to help support the station there are many different ways to do so um, you can uh, all sorts of different. You can you can do a one-time donation. You can do a sustainer thing where that means you're donating five dollars a month or ten dollars a month or whatever you would like to do. Whatever is within your means, and uh, and then that just helps support the radio station, and so we don't have to. Uh, well, we don't rely on any sort of uh, corporate donations or anything like that. It's either through the government uh, grants and uh, through your uh, efforts and support is how we stay on the air and stay independent from uh, all those sort of corporate biases. Um, We've got biases of our own but they're Mm -hmm. not corporate biases (laughs) at least. Um, So yeah, if you feel like uh, donating you can uh, go to the Co-op Radio website which is coopradio.org and uh, click on the uh, donation page and link and uh, when you are filling it out if you're uh, like this program. Uh, Just click off uh, Wax Poetic. That's the one we like. And then that uh, each little bit of dollars gets allocated to a different show. And uh, we each have to raise a certain amount of money. Or you can call in right now, 604-684-8494. And talk to some of the lovely people standing by, answering phones, and uh, ready to take your donation. That's 604-684-8494. So uh, thank you for your support. Uh, So let's take another, uh, listen to another poem from Keisha.
2: Thank you. All right, this one's called Black Sheep. I am the black sheep, at least that is what they call me. They might not say it physically, but I see the way they look at me. I walk like I'm undercover, uncomfortable in my own skin. I try to have a thick hide, but their voices still creep in. I have a sensitive soul, they might act like they don't know, so I am the black sheep dressing as a wolf. I will not turn my back on them, so they cannot pounce, but yet they still surround me and kill me with their words. Always love thyself, even if they tear a little piece off of me for every time they scar me. I've always been a lone wolf and shy just like the sheep, and when I lay awake at night I am thinking of my dreams. I picture myself running wild and free, with no one to hold me down and make me feel unwanted. I howl at the moon and heal the generations that were before me. The ones that brought life to my very being, it is them I seek to honor. With the fake ones I will not bother. Mm. Yes, I walk alone, but the spirits are my helpers, I, and I pray when I might need them and uplift my wandering spirit. The pack will not defeat me as long as I have faith I will overcome I will overcome this, and this black sheep will succeed
0: mm, thank you <laughs> it's so wonderful to get to hear um you know what is it it 's been four or five poems mm. of yours. Uh, just in one chunk here because there's so much connection between them and all. I see mm-hmm. all these these themes being approached in different ways the mm-hmm. fear and the and the resilience mm-hmm. and um, yeah journey and ceremony and music and family and identity mm-hmm. uh, and I wonder if you ever think about putting a book together
2: um, I'm actually our, um, our, our founder of Indigenous Poet Society, Kevin Wessequait. He's actually in Banff right now um, learning how to put a chat book together so we can make We've already. they've already come up with a first edition and um, they've asked me to be on their second edition as a new upcoming poet. Oh, cool. So that will be my mm. first time being in, chat, in a chat book which is really awesome. And so yeah I'm, I'm just looking forward to that and who knows, we'll see where this journey takes me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you were mentioning Dreams in that last piece, and mm-hmm. I always like to ask this of our guests, or often ask it is: mm-hmm. so, what kind of role does dreaming have in your uh, creative process?
2: Oh man, dreams! Dreams are a big thing for me and my family, and um, it's funny; it just it just comes. It's just a natural thing that comes up in our conversations. Like right, when I when I when I meet up with my family, it's like, hey, I had this dream last night, and we kind of try to talk about the uh-huh. meaning or what it meant so for some reason dreams are very important um, to my family and I'm a very active dreamer actually mm-hmm. and I've been trying to listen to them more uh, more closely and and connect that to poetry um, because I think there's a lot of meaning to me uh, when it comes to my dreams sometimes sometimes they're just crazy and I have no yeah. idea what, what that was all about <laughs> um, but yeah so
0: Poetry kind of shares some some DNA with dreaming. It's sort of mm-hmm. you know language in which anything
2: mm-hmm. can happen,
0: the rules of, exactly. the way the rules of sort of physics and logic don't apply but exactly. feeling is still in dream mm-hmm. is always, I think of poetry mm-hmm. kind of operating the same way. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I love it when, uh, when poems sort of move and flow mm-hmm. in between waking life and dream life which really it's just all part of life, right? Exactly. The differentiation has always mm-hmm. struck me as a little strange too because yeah. we experience both states.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Add
0: for us, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, like, I just like the idea of being able to um, go back and help heal the ancestors
0: mm-hmm. through
1: your dreaming. Mm-hmm. Um, is that would you? Is that something you do with the act of dreaming, or is that um, <coughs> conscious or subconscious?
2: This is uh, how would I explain this? I guess i have a poem on that too (laughs) um not with me but uh, one of the poems i'll be uh performing actually at the competition um speaks specifically about my connection to my ancestors um and blood memory if you have ever heard of that and so i have a poem on that if you want to come here
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you're performing tonight
2: that one will be at the havana theater tomorrow okay or
1: thursday friday Yes, Friday. Wednesday oh, and
2: sorry. Friday, awesome. So you can
0: you can see Keisha three days in a row here tonight mm-hmm. at Cafe de, tomorrow at the Wise Hall, and Friday night at uh, Havana Theater. Yeah.
1: So hopefully you'll check out the yeah. Verses Festival of Words and uh, get a taste of uh, Keisha's poetry, especially if you uh, were listening this afternoon and go, I want to hear more of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, check it all out. Also happening uh, tonight, part of Verses, it's a Spoken Nerd at uh, 10 o'clock at the Storm Crow uh, Tavern. And that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Nerd-themed poetry, uh, amongst a bunch of other things. And uh, yeah, go to versesfestival.ca to find out more about what's happening with the schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's all the time for us this time around.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you for uh, welcoming me Vancouver. It's an amazing place.
0: We're so happy to have you here. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks.
1: Absolutely. I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm Lucia Mish. And No Apologies necessaries coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. Broadcasting live from the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and slay Nations. Join us again next week for more poetry from around the world. Dreams come true. (laughs)